The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? There ain't enough. Damn, that's good coffee. Damn good coffee and hot. Wake up, America. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth Insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well... We've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Yeah, well, we'll see what we can do about that. No comedians today. What? I know. I didn't do it. Rush did it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I am, um... Lacking sleep. That's what I am. So hopefully I'm energizing my brain with rush. Or rush simulation. Closest thing to rush. But it's not rush. Good morning, folks. It's Wednesday, I believe. Uh, May 24th, 2023. Uh, Still not spring here but i I, i'm told it's going to be 70 degrees here by noon i'm looking forward to that if it happens it's still in the 50s here and i'm not digging it it's too still too chilly for me i'm ready for summer my wife says you're going to complain that it's too hot i never ever did that ever in my life it is never too hot i could live on the sun no i couldn't (laughs) but i never complain it's too hot anyway did not sleep Here's the thing. They got to get this. <laughs> they got to get this gummy situation under control and edibles and all of it. Uh, as far as dosage, what to expect, how much to take, and how quickly the onset of whatever you're trying to achieve happens. Because as if you follow the program, you know I got these uh, rapid onset. Uh, super strength gummies from Mood, our friend at Mood. I've been taking one. I think 15 milligrams, 15 milligrams, yeah. Just take one. And they've been rapid onset, but I took one last night around 8 o'clock. And for some reason, it wasn't rapid onset last night. It took till about midnight. And then I just felt like, writing and creating and working on some stuff, some stuff. It was up to about five. Not good. I am desperately, I don't operate on lack of sleep. So I got about two hours sleep, got up about seven, started preparing for this nonsense that we have here. I know I'm I'm grumpy. 
I'm a grumpy old guy. What can I say? Uh, we're going to talk to a doctor today, not a comedian. Yeah, we have two serious days in a row. Who did this? Not me. I'm told the doctor we're going to talk to today has a sense of humor. I hope he does because I don't. I don't. I didn't bring any. Uh, today is the hundred <laughs> hundred and fortieth anniversary of the opening of the Brooklyn Bridge. Hundred forty years, not that long. Listen, I have a brother who's seventy years old. Just twice his twice his lifetime. If you look at the Brooklyn Bridge, and I understand most of you people have not even seen the Brooklyn Bridge, or been to New York, or seen any of the bridges, or you know. But you get to see one of these expansion bridges. This is one of the uh, first ones in the United States and a marvel in its time. Now, bear in mind, there were no cars 140 years ago. Yes, that's how fast life has changed. Uh, When they built the Brooklyn Bridge, it was for walking or taking horse-drawn carriages across. Uh, Ken Burns has got a, a film out, a short film out about it. Um, about the creation of the Brooklyn Bridge. Now, the first person to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge is this guy, Robert Emmett Odium. Uh, He was a professional high diver who wanted to demonstrate that people did not die by simply falling through the air. And he was right. He did not die falling through the air. He died the minute he hit the water. Friggin' idiot. (laughs) I'm sorry. But it's 140 years. It's not too soon to laugh at this guy. <laughs> He's right, though. You don't die falling through the air. No, no, no. You die when you hit the concrete or the water or whatever you hit. That guy in uh, San Francisco jumped off the Golden Gate who landed on a shark and broke his hip. I think that's a... There are so many better ways. I don't want to get into that. That's going to get me banned uh, from YouTube. All right, so that's what's happening. The uh, Brooklyn Bridge 140th anniversary. Also, the Satanic Scare is back uh, with us. If if you're not old enough, and you're probably not old enough, (laughs) sometime in my lifetime when I was a young man, uh, um, I wasn't that young. There was this idea that, you know, Satanism was this major big force in America and, and Satan was at work um, putting messages in music for kids, backmasking, all this kind of stuff, and then deliberate satanic uh, stuff in heavy metal and they were raiding records and stuff like that. Target is uh, catching some heat because they were selling some uh, LBGTQ plus, you know, all that stuff. Um, Merchandise that was designed by a satanic designer. And it had some satanic messaging uh, on the Satan loves pronouns or something like that. Text on it. Now, the designer is a Satanist. Supposedly, I'm not going to even mention his name because I can't pronounce it. And uh, it might summon Beetlejuice if I say it uh, wrong. If I say it right, who knows? I'm not going to even play with it. That's like a Ouija board trying to get me. I'm not falling for it. 
Anyway, so Target's taking some flack over, you know, so I'm saying, listen, <clears throat> it's all, it, it's all just shock value stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't, I, there's no way my wife would ever allow uh, that kind of stuff, you know, satanic messaging. I'm sure she would freak out, but, and, it, but don't buy it. Don't look at it. I mean, that's your protest. I mean, you don't have to, you know. Probably a bad marketing marketing decision by Target, but uh, you know protests and all that kind of stuff, and uh, no nobody sticks to boycotts anyway. Look how good they're sticking to boycotting the NFL. Anyway, uh, so that's pretty much it's all that's interesting in the news. Uh, it's really just Memorial Day weekend is coming up this weekend, and. Um, you know, looking forward for, looking forward to playing some music. But I say this every year, like I'm on a soapbox. I don't really care. Um, I'm not, you know, on a soapbox about this. But it's just like what's so these holidays in the United States don't have any meaning. Memorial Day is supposed to be a very somber day, and all it is, it now it's a four day party. It's starting on Friday afternoon. And it goes all the way through Monday till Tuesday morning. And it's really not about memorializing, you know, heroes who died in war. It's not about that. It's about barbecue and beer and music and kicking off the summer. That's what it's about. Again, I'm not on a soapbox about this. I don't care. But let's be we have to be honest. You know, don't call it Memorial Day. Call it uh, Party Day. Because if you're not going <laughs> to, why make believe it's about something that's not? That's that's what I'm confused about. Anyway, my guest today is going to be uh, talking to us about health optimization. Getting rid of things like brain fog couldn't be a better day for me. I'm going to talk about mitochondrial function, what, uh, DNA. I mean, I don't know about this stuff. I'm just a dumb guy. Mitochondrial function? My goodness. Uh, I don't. I to me that sounds like a DNA thing, and how do you how do you, how do you control that? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, but you know, I'm probably gonna have to talk down extra dumb because I haven't had any sleep, so my normal dumb has been taken down a notch. But uh, we'll talk to him in just a minute. Uh, and Laurie is going to uh, bless us with the first edition of. <laughs> Weirdful Wednesdays, I believe she's calling it. Weirdful Wednesdays. I uh, did not expect this. Yesterday was on a rant about contributors. Uh, people uh, said they were interested and haven't contributed anything. And then she sent me this piece last night. I was going to run it uh, Friday. But then I realized the title of it was Weirdful Wednesdays. It would be silly to run it on Friday, even in my deprived brain frog state. <laughs> oh man, I need a vacation. I really do. I'm gonna take one now. Uh, I'll be back in two weeks. You guys just hang here. Uh, in the meantime, we'll just play some music, and uh, I'm gonna go. That's not true. We're brought to you today by uh, Koa Coffee. You like Koa Coffee? I like Koa Coffee, but there's not enough of it to get me awake today. I apologize for that. Uh, Koa Coffee, as you know, is the best coffee. Uh, in America, rated by Forbes magazine. 
I don't have to say more than that, do I? No. We're brought to you by Koa Coffee. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, yeah, expertly uh-huh. roasted, premium. and delivered from Hawaii to your door with aloha. I'm not sure. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality, and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Yeah, get your color coffee. Minddogtv.com slash coffee. You're listening to Coffee with a Dog on Live 365. Mind Dog Radio. Mind Dog Radio. She sounds like um a robot. Mind Dog Radio. I did hear from Dylan Brody's uh, office yesterday. Uh, Dylan had an emergency yesterday, and uh, we are going to reschedule him for as soon as possible. We're look, really looking forward for that. To that for uh, the biggest reason was, was just stupid. I just wanted to have two Dylans on in a row. <laughs> I never had two Dylans on in a row. Listen, I had back about a year and a half ago. Maybe two years ago. Could it be four years? No. <laughs> I had two guys with the same exact name booked the same day. For one guy booked for the morning show and one guy booked for the evening show. Lee, I don't, I forget his last name now. But he, the guy's a, a movie director. One one of Lee's, <laughs> one of the Lee's is a movie director, and the other guy was a uh, life coach or something. Um, both with the exact same name. Picked them on their own, picked the same day. Very confusing day. But two back-to-back Dylan's, I don't think I've had back-to-back Dylan's. I know I haven't had back-to-back Dylan's. I can't even think of uh, a recent Dylan I've had within the last, I don't know, <laughs> several years here. Uh, Dr. Dylan Petkus. I hope I'm pronouncing that okay. Petkus. Uh, a physician, researcher, and health optimization expert who takes an integrated approach to wellness. Dr. Petkus has de- dedicated, ooh, I can't even read, his uh, career to helping people improve their health by getting to the root causes of their illness and fatigue. I wonder if he can help me. As a peer-reviewed uh, published author and award-winning researcher with degrees in medicine, endocrinology, and public health, Dr. Petkus... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. I've got a pee thing today. Explores how mitochondrial function, here we go, uh, hormones, gut health, environmental exposures, and other factors interconnect uh, to impact our well-being. For over a decade, Dr. Pickus, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is very rude. I'm very rude. But I'm blaming it on lack of sleep. I really am. For over a decade, Dr. Petkus has coached and uh, educated clients on lifestyle changes and natural therapies to optimize health. This is a long intro. On a day when I haven't slept, 
His goal is to share practical advice for gaining energy, resolving health conditions, and living healthier lives. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears and open your mind and help me welcome in Dr. Dylan Petkis. Hello. Welcome. I'm sorry what I did to your name. I haven't slept. I, this is oh, my oh no, it's fine. When when I, I went to Catholic school in New Jersey and Sister Agnes, my name was Dylan Petkis for <laughs> nine years. So the, um, I was ready for this moment. Dylan. Dialing. Yep. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right. Where are you now, by the way? I am in a log cabin. This is that's real wood behind me. Uh in Tallahassee, Florida. Wow. Area. Uh so you have summer there already. E yeah, it's it's I mean, there's a one month winter that's like forty degrees. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty hot year round. I need some summer, man. Bad. I, I'm not just I got nothing. I got nothing. I, I'm. I. You know. I. Let's start there. Do you believe in seasonal uh, affective disorder? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a real thing. So I'm yeah. originally from New Jersey. Um, I've I've made it out of, of there, and in that sense of where, like, you know, when people are more inside and more inside and more inside, that's going to create a circadian mismatch. So kind of get into things here, but then that's going to pretty much bring down all your body's functions right your sleep's gonna fall apart and your mood's gonna fall apart yeah so it's a it's a very very real thing all right uh because i feel like i have it but i i always say i have it but I, n nobody's ever diagnosed me with it uh but i does that play any part into what you're talking about in, in all these energy uh and fatigue and all that kind of stuff or is that not even yeah so that's that's a huge part of it so like when we're thinking of like all the biological processes right there's always like a proper timing for them. Okay. Like if you drink coffee at 2am, it may taste great, but <laughs> that day is going to be awful here. So there's always going to be ideal biological timing to everything. This is more popularly known as your circadian rhythm, right? And so if you ignore that, then, you know, things fall apart. So it falls apart more in winter because there's shorter days. Right. So there's less environmental cues because the main environmental cue is going to be the sun. Right. So if like there's less of that than your body's, it's not going to get that sort of metronome that allows it to properly time all the different functions. All right. Let me because uh, you're talking to a very stupid man. Circadian rhythm, circadian. How do you pronounce that? And what is it? Yeah. Circadian. Right. <laughs> so, so imagine it's like a medieval night circadian and okay. <laughs> not not cicada nor curcumin. Some people will just say curcumin rhythm. Uh, not, <laughs> not what we're talking about here. And the idea is like, you want to be able to structure your day. Well, let me kind of back up here. Like, if you live out in the countryside, you know, the rooster is going to crow at this time in the morning. Okay, it's not because it's a jerk, because it knows this is a time in which like, we want to get up and like, tell all the, the chicks around us. I'm not being sexist in any way that's i think that's what you refer to uh chickens in some sense but yeah <laughs> the that's what like sort of the timing of that or whether it's like midday like my dog suddenly knows to take a nap in the middle of the day because that's when it would be at its hottest and he's a black dog in florida so like it doesn't make sense to just lay outside all day so like animals get these rhythms where humans come into trouble is like we're inside we're doing all these very artificial things and then your circadian rhythm kind of goes off and then Things fall through, like sleep will be one of the things that falls off the rails the most. Um, that's why I, it, it's funny. A lot of our clients, they're 
people in technology. I don't, I'm not sure if we've had a podcast host, <laughs> but like yeah. people in those areas were like, whether you're on screens too late or maybe the first thing you do is like, let me check my emails when I get up. You get like a blast of light to your eyes. So it may be 5 a.m. But like yeah. you just told your body it's like noon. So then it throws off all the neurotransmitters and everything downstream. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot to talk about here. Now, I think because there's no real standard, right? I think everybody thinks they have some degree of fatigue. If you if you ha- if you're an active person, you're if you're an adult and you're adulting and you're, you're living up to your responsibilities, they're meaning going to pay a job or going to a job and paying your bills and all that stuff and coming home and trying to have a life with a family. At some point, you're going to feel tired. And I think a lot of us self-diagnose that as fatigue when it's just like normal. You, It's called living. Uh, but there is, you know, there is a place where people do suffer chronic fatigue, which is more than they should for the activity they're doing. How do you how do you tell the difference? <laughs> yeah, so there, there's a few key things because, yes, yeah, so like you go about your life. I'll I'll be tired, too. I'll, I'll admit it. But there are certain functions you want to kind of have a, a pulse on because that would indicate, OK, this is more tired than we're hoping for. So number one is going to be sleep. OK, because. Most people may not know this, but sleep is a highly biologically active process, okay? If you think of all the fat you burn during a day, let's say it's this much, very arbitrary unit here, you actually burn half of your fat when, you, when you're sleeping at night, so during so eight hours, one-third of the day, but you're just laying there, okay, right? So like how, so how all that energy gets used is because in your brain and your central nervous system at night, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, whether it's repleting a bunch of hormones or transmitters, all these different chemicals here. So it's a highly energetically intensive process. So when you can't sleep, literally, your body does not have the ability to produce enough energy to allow rest to happen, which is very counterintuitive for people. But like, there, there are people who like literally have the reality of like, I am too tired to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like, okay, why isn't this happening? Because your mitochondria are producing the energy to power your neurons to do what they need to do. But also mitochondria, again, everyone's favorite new word here. And it is a highly powerful word in Scrabble. A lot of points there. Um, but nonetheless, the mitochondria also produce melatonin. So if you're not producing melatonin, then you're not sleeping well at night. So that's thing number one, sleep, not working well. Thing number two is going to be daytime function. Okay. And and this is a little bit harder to gauge because we have things like coffee, caffeine, tea, all those things, which can mask that here. So if like you if you're a part of the two cup club, uh, which is not a real thing, we just made that up, but <laughs> you're part of that, <laughs> then that means you know your body doesn't have the actual ability to kind of get through the rest of the day, and that caffeine is just kind of squeezing out the rest of what you can get out of your mitochondria. So you know, if you're having like brain fog during the day, like you're looking at the screen, like why aren't these words resonating, missing words or meetings, those are gonna be the biggest things. And I'm just kind of going for the majority of people who may be at a, a desk computer sort of job all day, cognitive function being the main thing. If someone has a physical job, it's like, you really have to push yourself. But that that's probably the one that gets masked the most. Because modern society is like, you know, stop being lazy, uh, just drink more coffee. If you're <laughs> If you're not drinking eight cups, you're not trying uh, sort of sort of mentality. The other big one is your response to exercise. OK, 
So yes, anyone can push themselves, but <laughs> if afterwards you're feeling like far worse, because exercise is something that should recharge you and all these mechanisms downstream. But if your recovery from that is really poor, then that means like you're below a threshold of like what your energy should be. And then, and then beyond that, there, there's very obvious ones. Like, you know, some people have to like use the entire weekend to rest. They come home, like they, there's like zero ability to be present with anyone around them. These all sort of signs that things are, have already fallen apart. Right. You talk about exercise and I had, you know, I've had so much education in exercise by guests I had on the evening program for, for the last five years or so. Um, everybody, so many different experts in different areas of uh, education, nutrition, and all this stuff. One of the things that stuck with me was a guy I had on who was a fitness expert who said, you know, basically before before we became the industrial uh, world that we live in today, we were in shape. We didn't have to go to the gym. The life activities were enough exercise for you. Uh, but as we as we grew out of that, you know, hunter-gatherer type of thing, uh, it became more uh, uh, necessary. But he was saying that you can still get the exercise you need living a very active life doing normal things without going to the gym and now this is where i'm bringing this up is for this time of year up here and from being from new jersey you know you really don't start mowing your lawn until april may i did the first one the beginning of may this year and it took me an hour and a half to recover from that was the exercise i was laying on the floor like wheezing and, and gasping for breath it was thick wet grass uh, now uh, this week it's been getting better every week. This week it was down to like eight to ten minutes of laying on the floor gasping for air. But you know that exercise thing. Um, it, it there are ben different met benchmarks for different ages and what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to be. Because ten years ago I could spend eight hours in the gym and never never feel that. Now I I can't mow the lawn without just collapsing. Uh, but it's I'm 64 years old, so I mean, there's no like real standard for what a an adult person should have, right? It's based on a lot of different things: age, weight, size, gender, all that kind of stuff. Or no? Yeah, I mean, the American Heart Association will have standards of like someone who is 60 should be able to do 30 to 60 minutes of moderate activity, five to seven. Like those exist. Does anyone like pay attention to those? No. Are they like really practical <laughs> for like real life? No, they're, they're great in an office when you write a note up and like I told patient to do it's great for that. But like when having those standards um, and, and this is like a lot with our clients because like their function go way down. Um, it, it's really the standard of the own demands in your life and just like for your own self, because like honestly, when they create those standards, it's like a normal distribution here. Okay. So what, what that means, like in the middle, like this is what average should be. I'm not sure if you've like looked around the country recently, but I wouldn't say like average health is like a great target to have. Um, <laughs> so like really being able to have like your own standard. So if like, you know, like whatever lawn mowing, 50 minutes, et cetera, was like that. And then this is what we teach our clients all like just you want to keep pushing your own standard up because the external ones, they're a reference. 
but like they're they're not really a great re- yes they're correlated with like above this line people have better health outcomes below it they have worse health outcomes but i wouldn't get so much caught up on those i would just like have your own internal ones because like you know for every you know nine 60 70 year olds who are like feeling like they're like this there's going to be one okay maybe one out of 20 who feels like they're still going up because the there's always on their own internal standard there. right now t- so tell me about how you were so I was, a, a new person comes to you and says uh doc i just uh, i feel worn out i got brain fog i always feel tired how do you start working with them what do you do gotcha so yeah we we, we have a like in-depth conversation like how brain fogged <laughs> which is like asking a water like I'm asking a fish, what's the water like? It's like, it's kind of hard to characterize, but it's, it's super important for us to be able to determine the severity because whenever you're having like a leading symptom, okay. Cause like everything in your body, it's like this, this woven shirt. If like brain fog's over here and it gets pulled up, you know, there's going to be other issues coming along with it here. So being able to know like the severity of that, cause there's brain fog where you forget, you know, you forget where you put the keys. Okay, there's there's brain fog where like you forget what like your nephew's name is and like what Grady like there's there's a spectrum. So first we're doing that because then that opens up the door, like okay, is it there's brain fog also, but all these other issues, gut, sleep, horn, like et cetera. So being able to get a full landscape of how that shows up there in a very functional way. Okay, because back in the day, which I don't think I can say, I don't think I'm old enough to say back in the day yet, but I'm getting. That. <laughs> I hate that 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 um you know cliche back in the day, back but the day. I love that it bothered you to say that because I hate I hate saying it. I catch myself saying it all the time. I want to smack myself. <laughs> yeah, well, usually when I say it, I'm referring to like 200 years ago. So back in that day when I was <laughs> non-existent, um, you know, physicians, clinicians, etc. Like there wasn't like lab testing. Okay, maybe they looked at your blood and looked at the leeches, whatever. But like it was being able to have a very functional analysis because not only does that allow you to know what the deficits are, but also these become very trackable now. So we can have metrics for improvement. So we gather that and then also having a baseline for like, well, what are you doing? What are you eating? What are the supplements you're taking? What CBD gummy didn't work or did work (laughs) for you? What dose was there? Uh, You know that's they got to get that straight by the way they have to get that because it's so inconsistent i'm sorry to interrupt you here but this and and somebody said uh, ask him hold on where's the question here ask him uh ask ask him how how, if it's healthy to smoke so much grass i don't know what so much is (laughs) but um i will probably get that but (laughs) cbd or gummies and all that stuff it isn't, it's not standardized. So you can get something that says 15 milligrams. You could take one and not feel anything ever. And then you could take one and get knocked and be, and be like tripping. <laughs> I mean, crazy. Uh, and there's no standardization of it. So that's part of yeah. it. But So uh, uh, can I speak yeah. to the CBD? Because I, I wrote that down. I was like, I want to talk about this to help you out. So uh, beyond a lot of things, pharmaceutical companies have never pursued. I mean, they have pursued CBD all the different derivatives as a, a strict pharmaceutical. Cause if you, I think it was in the back in the day of like the seventies and eighties, when they did these studies, the it's like these studies on trying to use the 
endocannabinoid system, okay, or an endogenous opioid cannabinoid system, they read like horror stories, okay? <laughs> it's like we had 10 people and we tried to just, you know, target this one receptor and uh, three patients were lost to follow up because they got massively suicidal and killed themselves. Because like that system with all the different receptors and how they all work together as this mesh work and how they modify themselves. And we'll talk about why the modification is super important. It's so sensitive and so complex being able to just like, let's think of like a super standard medication. Like say you take insulin for diabetes. That's pretty relatively straightforward. Okay. That is not the case for CBD and how that interacts, which is why like pharmaceuticals are not pursuing that. Cause you know, it's kind of hard to bounce back from that study. Like, Oh, well, let's try to like, <laughs> Can't imagine being in that meeting. Uh, so coming back to the dosage. So CBD, yes, standardization, potency, all that, that's a big factor as well. But also the receptors and how they respond are very, very dynamic. Okay. Because you may get a bigger dose, sorry, a bigger effect from a two milligram dose than you would a 15 milligram dose because of how it all works together here. So the best way to go about that would be like, start as low as you can, okay, till you see an effect. And then pretty much you want to stay there. Okay, until you don't have an effect. And then from there, you have two options. <laughs> <laughs> you can go up, but it may have a negative effect, it may have a crazy effect, it may not work at all. Okay, the better one would be able to know, like, let's say two milligrams, which may be the ear on a, on a gummy bear. That's your sweet spot. And a gummy holiday, which sounds like a really bad movie, um, that would allow your system to kind of rebalance so that when you introduce that substance again, it would have the same effectiveness. Because otherwise, like, you're, you're chasing the, the gummy bear dragon in terms of, well, this is not working. Let me go higher and higher. Or let me... Let me switch to this brand. And then you, you kind of restart the whole process again. So uh, it, it's finding that gentle thing, that, that gentle sort of dose there. And then is it okay if I answer the, the grass question? As yeah, well? yes. yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't so, know, but the, we has, he has to qualify what so much is, though, because <laughs> so much could be a joint a day or so much could be an ounce a day. I, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that will – determine how much THC and all the different biochemicals that are going to come from marijuana, cannabis, et cetera, enter a system, whether it's smoking, uh, bait machine, uh, bait goods, et cetera. But nonetheless, however that shakes out, over time, specifically THC, and this is something you hear from people who quit or abstain from these products for a while. My dreams came back. That's a very, very common thing. Okay. That's the biggest tell that those compounds, and it's particular THC that has, has this effect. If it's getting rid of dreams, that's pretty bad. Okay. Because your ability to have dreams and remember them are going to be directly correlated to the quality of REM sleep. Okay. REM sleep, not, not the band, but REM sleep here, where, or REO Speedwagon, whatever. But either way, when that falls apart, then 
sleep quality goes way downhill because REM sleep is when like your neurons are all like reorganizing, rewiring, all, all that good stuff here. So when you lose that, yes, you may be able to use the sedative effect or sedative effect of these cannabis products, but you've now lost like the, the part that really drives sleep quality there. So when you start, so the, the, the grand question of anyone walks away from how much grass is too much grass. Okay. Classic Dr. Seuss question. When you start to lose that ability to have dreams and remember them. And honestly, you would only be able to notice remembering dreams, not being able to do that. Cause you can have dreams, but not remember them, but you would need like a home EEG device. And <laughs> no one has that. I mean, my, some my wife has incredibly detailed recollection of dreams. I don't know how she does it, but um, yeah, it, I you know what I'm feeling today, and I know this. I I've known when I don't get REM sleep. I know when I don't when I don't dream. Uh, this is when I, I am physically hurting when I wake up. I'm tired, and actually, I feel pain in my body when I don't get to that point. I, I could sleep three hours, but as long as I get that. REM sleep in there, and I know I've gotten it. I, I have some recollection of a dream. I feel pretty rested, but when I don't, I know I didn't get it. I wake up and I am. It takes me all day to battle myself uh, back into feeling normal. Um. So is it just you're talking about sleep a lot, but and it's not just exercise and and like staying off coffee and all this stuff it's a holistic life change that that need you diet all that kind of stuff right uh social media habits you know with there's an article in the atlantic today about the first generation of social media babies is now grown up and and the effect on on our behavior and and our lifestyles this is a holistic type of thing right there's not just like you're not talking simple adjustments to people or are you it can be simple. It's not always simple. So like, I mean, it really depends on what social media baby's coming in. So <clears throat> what I mean by that is like, you know, someone who's like a dick of technology, you know, they're in that like constant dopamine seeking things where it's like high sugar foods, et cetera there. Yeah. It's going to be more of a change there. But like when you're actually addressing that with like, you know, your routines, your diet, et cetera, when it's actually working with your biology, working with your circadian rhythm, work, like working with your mitochondria here, then that will lead you to a place of where, okay, this like actually sticks. Because where people get into trouble is like they try to force like the workout, try to force this diet, <laughs> but like they're not really getting anywhere. So like there's no dopamine hit to it. So you're not even working with like the neural circuitry they're already stuck in here. So again, to answer the question, for some people it can be simple. Brother, it's not there. But either way, it's like cutting out a lot of the time where they, they do something, they fail, they do something, they fail. But like being able to find what works for them in sort of a framework, then they gain momentum here. Because it's not so much like everything's fixed in two weeks. Dopamine <laughs> dopamine is a very popular word. It's a hormone, right? Dopamine? It's a it's a neurotransmitter here. And, uh, okay. Which so, is just, but everybody more. is looking for this dopamine rush. That's what we keep hearing about. Whether it's heroin, uh, porn, gambling, whatever your vice is, <clears throat> we always, even if it's, um, say, performing stand-up comedy, what people talk about is getting that dopamine rush from from an audience applause and all that stuff. So the question, 
is there an artificial way? Is it pill form or, or you know, dro dro dopamine drops in your coffee? Any of and why not? <laughs> <laughs> so is there is there a way to drop? What do you, what do you uh, just, how do you I know? If we're looking for a dopamine rush, why can't we just get the dopamine? <laughs> yeah. So, because when you do that too much, because so anything you do perpetually will become something that your brain now recognizes. This is the most efficient, low resistant way we can go and do this here. Because back in the day, which I'm just, I just now it's a joke, but like back in the day, like you would have to go through things to then get like capture this item or blueberries or whatever here. Or like, let's, let's go back to the 65 Packers, whatever here. Like if they brought like the Vince Lombardi trophy on day one of training camp, there is no dopamine hit there. No one cares. Okay. We just started. <laughs> but like after, I don't know how long the season was then. It was like 12 in, in, in a season and then like maybe three play. I don't know how it worked. Yeah. Um, but like the dopamine hit after comes like after the reward of it. So there does take some removing yourself away from these things here. And like being able to ask yourself like what are those cheapest fast food dopamine hits that i'm having okay and i can answer that for you it's probably scrolling <laughs> through things let me find something that makes me feel good let me let me let me find something that allows conflict to happen and i can respond and feel like i've provided my individual like those are those quick dopamine hits but the thing is it now becomes like fast food as opposed to like a nice nutritious meal for your brain it gives you enough to like get through but like you're missing all the essential vitamins minerals and all this good stuff here so, and, and this also comes with your circadian rhythm and it, it goes like this because dopamine is a very circadian rhythm chemical, if you will. And what I mean by this is like, there's going to be all these different hormones and neurochemicals, neuropeptides. They're like on a seesaw. Okay. So one of the most common ones we know, cortisol goes up during the day, melatonin goes up at night, right? But they're in the seesaw. So if cortisol goes up, melatonin cannot. Okay. But just like a seesaw, when someone goes up, uh, it's going to swing the other way here, unless this person, you know, went to McDonald's too many times, but you know, they, they, it swings the other way. Dopamine and melatonin are also on a seesaw. Okay. So if our dopamine is constantly high, melatonin is going to be low as well here and beyond the blue light from your cell phone, but the dopamine from like scrolling through Insta, TikTok, Twitter, it's all one app now, by the way, um, that gives you a continuous dopamine hit that lowers your melatonin all the time or keeps it completely blunted. So it is a give and take, like a yin and yang here of like actually removing yourself from the dopamine things for a bit. So that when you actually come back to it, it it's a lot more potent here. Um, yesterday, I'm just seeing if I can find it. I probably can't. Um, there was an article about, and because I couldn't get into it. It was behind the paywall, and I, did, I didn't want to figure out how, how who I had to pay to see it. But the, the headline was the horror, uh, new horrors of melatonin use. And I was like, i got to find out. And then I never did. I never went back to it. But there is um, melatonin side effects and risks. And, uh, uh, 
No, I can't find find the article. But basically, uh, it, they were talking about some people overdoing it with melatonin, and and this has become a um, this was the gist of the headline anyway. This is a problem, right? People artificially boosting their melatonin levels constantly. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a a lot of reasons. I like that headline, the horrors of melatonin. I may borrow that down the road. Uh, I hope that's not the headline because <laughs> I'm going to steal that headline. So there, there's a lot of things that go wrong with overtaking melatonin. So one, it, it's very similar to what we talked about with CBD earlier. Okay. It's it's very, it's a little bit different in terms of the system. There's not this like different responses at different doses, but most people do far better at lower doses of melatonin. Okay. But when someone's like desperate for sleep, the idea of like more is better and they go to CVS or whatever and they see, oh, there's 0.1, one milligram, three milligrams. Oh, there's 10 milligrams. And it's the same. Pro- Sign me up. Like that's. These go up to 11. <laughs> they, uh, uh, yeah. So they, there's also the spinal tap addition of melatonin as well. It's a really yeah. uh, strong. That's that's the, that's the uh, I don't know if it's American. That's the human uh condition is we always want more i mean more is better always right that's that's what we're whether we can tell ourselves less is more uh and make ourselves believe it that's another thing but what instinctually i think we go for a the higher number has got to be better yeah so people go for the higher numbers and what this does is then it begins to create a melatonin dependency okay so this is why and and there's a lot of studies on melatonin. Are they all great quality? No. But if you look at a meta-analysis, which is someone who just read all the papers and decided to just mush all together and tell you, here's what everything says. Uh, and it has a nice chart. But when you look at that, beyond six months, there is one study out of like 200 to 300 that shows that melatonin continues to have a good response and it is in postmenopausal women. So if that's you, awesome. If not, then the reason melatonin stops working is because when you continue to take it, and this is kind of like a, a little bit of a golden rule. If your body makes it, okay, your body makes melatonin, you should probably, and that's a little CY, you should probably not take it, okay? Because whenever you do that, you're going to disrupt your own body's production of it, okay? Now, are there any studies looking to people's cerebral spinal fluid to say that if you give melatonin, then it, it, no, that doesn't exist. But absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. And the really important thing to know about melatonin is it's made in your pineal gland, right? Fun place. And then it's released into your cerebral spinal fluid in your ventricles. Think of that as like a big cup filled with salt water inside of your brain here. And when it's released there, just like if you took uh, like maybe some sugar and you just put a pinch of that into your coffee, right? At first, it's going to be like concentrated in this one area before it diffuses out, right? That is so stinking important for how melatonin is supposed to function right. because your pineal gland will then have a super high concentration of melatonin in your cerebral spinal fluid. So it can tell your brain, hey, it's bedtime, do all the sleep things, okay? But when you take it in a pill, it does the opposite because that really high concentration will be in your mouth, your gut, somewhere in your GI tract. 
and then it will be in a very diffuse concentration here. Okay, it'll be fully dissolved like a, like a cube of sugar would be in a cup of coffee. So there's a far lower concentration of melatonin in your cerebral spinal fluid here. Okay. Now, the other thing is also the directionality of it, because naturally, it's brain to body. But if you take in a pill, it's now body GI to brain. And that's really important, because it's like, like, you know, like your nighttime routine, where you have a certain order of which you do things, it may be, uh, I can go over mine, it's highly scientific, feed the cats, dogs have to go out and poop. And then, you know, turn off the AC down. Like, you know, you have a set order of things that you do before you actually <laughs> go to bed here. And that actually starts to set off the behavioral like component of sleep here. Okay. So in your body, if you do it in the wrong order here, because it should be brain gets the signal, then like your, your muscles get this, like it, it goes in a specified path. But if you reverse it, then it's gonna be less efficient here. Then the other thing, why melatonin is a horror story. And again, if that does not exist, I'm taking <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> is that melatonin is designed to, if we were to graph it, it should go up and down in terms of it, it spikes up, you go to sleep, and then it, it kind of trails off during the night. But if you take melatonin, and especially if you take extended release melatonin, instead of having a big spike up and down, it's like this kind of this plateau here just kind of goes across like that. And that's not good because our body doesn't respond to absolute amounts of chemicals. Okay, it does. But the bigger response is from changes. Okay, David Bowie, great musician, also understand physiology very well. Ch -ch -ch changes is, is what allows that signal to happen. Okay. And so when that when you just have a flat curve there it reduces the response but also then in the morning this is where people have the melatonin grogginess because melatonin remember we talked about the seesaw effect okay when melatonin is dominating the seesaw so it's high cortisol can't function very well okay so melatonin will actually go to your adrenal glands and actually block the receptor that allows cortisol production to be stimulated so if that's still there in the morning, then you can't get the upside of cortisol going back up All right. here. So, yes, I would agree with that article. Well, oh, so <laughs> mel melatonin is a bully. It's a bully. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it has some uses. Like if you uh, jet lag is a great one. You're changing time zones. Those are great uses of melatonin in a short term, like for All a right. few days. Um New new parents. Melatonin's <laughs> right. a good idea. You, you, uh, for... you, you said a word in there that I think is more dangerous than than taking melatonin, uh, and and I know I'm an addict, and I I've struggled with it my whole life. Sugar. Um, this is kind of like it. I think at the core of my own energy fatigue. Um, reckless sleep patterns, all that kind of stuff. Weight, all of that can be uh, in some way tra uh, traced back to sugar because sugar is not, uh, maybe I'm, I shouldn't say this, I should ask you, but uh, my belief is that sugar is not really a natural, we shouldn't, it's not made for human bodies. I think we, we at some point in uh, the early 20th century, we decided that we were going to replace fat 
with processed sugar and this created all kinds of different kind of problems physical problems for people yes or no yes yes and no so uh yes in terms of when sort of the industrialization of hey what are all like what are all the way like i don't know i think like someone sat in an office we can get into all the profit (laughs) behind it but i think someone sat in an office and they said hey guys i want to challenge you what are all the different things we can do with corn all right and that's probably not what happened, but like essentially <laughs> then you create all these downstream things where it's like high fructose corn syrup, inverted corn syrup, corn starch, corn syrup, all these different things here. And as a result, when they process it, when we're, we're about to go down a rabbit hole, uh, rabbit hole warning. And essentially when you process corn in this way, it has to be in this like reaction chamber. Okay. And there's like a metal plate at the bottom here it's a catalyst and whenever you're having a chemical reaction where it has to react with something on the bottom density is super important here okay so things that are more dense will sink to the bottom things that are less dense will go to the top so a a metal ball will go to the bottom a beach ball will go to the top of the pool okay and when this happens with carbohydrates you're so you're selecting actually for more heavier isotopes of sugar and what that means is that these contain hydrogens that have an extra neutron to it okay and all that means is that it goes from an atomic weight of one think of one golf ball goes from one golf ball to two golf balls why are we talking about golf balls because at the end of the day your mitochondria produce energy from taking this golf ball hydrogen and putting it through this like revolving door that's very similar to like a if you think of like a steamboat, you know, that allows things for, like that's kind of what goes on at a very simplistic level. So the golf ball, the hydrogen goes through that, but it's only designed for that golf ball. So if you had a revolving door that was designed for a 200 pound man, and now like someone who is 400 pounds tries to go through it, it is not going to work very well here okay good visual it's just not it's gonna be like maybe funny for a little bit but then like it it, it doesn't really allow the things to function here so sugar in this very constructed sense when it's loaded up with those heavy isotopes here which is known as deuterium if anyone wants to you know look that up deuterium but it just is an isotope of hydrogen these heavy hydrogens will then prevent your mitochondria from making more energy, okay? And when your body isn't producing energy, it's going to think to itself, well, I don't have energy, so I will need more fuel. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not my conscious thing. My conscious thing is I don't have energy. I need a nap. (laughs) (laughs) this this Why don't people have fat cravings? Why don't people, like, have you ever just sat and like, oh man, I could just eat a whole thing of butter? Like no one, no one thinks that. Okay, no. or maybe some people do, but that's that's a different discussion. We're no. um, <laughs> like, man, I could really eat a shrimp cocktail. Give me some protein. Like no one thinks that because carbohydrate is the easiest to burn fuel for energy because it can be burned outside of your mitochondria. Okay, so when your mitochondria is all screwed up by these heavy hydrogens, your cells can still extract energy. From really cheap, quick carbohydrates. 
Okay. So that's like the artificially produced sugars are not good here. Now, like when we're thinking of like natural things, like if you went to your, you know, your banana tree in New Jersey, um, that's not a thing, but you get the idea. If you yeah. were to get that, maybe an apple tree. Um, I've never seen an apple tree in New Jersey, but pumpkin. Anyway, let's go with pumpkin. I see pumpkin patches. So watermelons will... and strawberries this time of year, man. That's where all... the shit Oh comes. yeah. I, I I am I really apologize to Hamilton, <laughs> New Jersey, right now, the blueberry capital of the world. My apologies. Um so these natural sugars will have less of these heavy hydrogens. Okay. And then they'll they'll have less of that effect there. So that's why natural is ostensibly always better than sort of the, the heavily processed ones because of that heavy hydrogen effect there. I could dig it. I can dig it. Um, I'm, I'm definitely into uh, the fruits and stuff, trying to kind of get myself off of processed sugar. What I was really talking about was processed sugar. The powder, it, it looks like cocaine, and it's more addictive than cocaine. <laughs> as far as my experience. Anyway, um, the uh, website, optimalcircadianhealth.com slash gift. What is the gift? So the gift is that everyone here gets a free Jeep. You get it? No. So um, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? What so, do we uh, have, Johnny? Okay. <laughs> what do we got? <laughs> uh, so we we have a, a, like an overview video because like there's so many things that tie into your mitochondria. There's only so many things that are going to be important here. And it's a subject that some people hear about, whether it's on something like this, or maybe, you know, I think the moment we said mitochondria, there was a set of neurons in everyone had like, from eighth grade biology. That's the powerhouse of the cell. Yes, it is. But also it's like really, really important for human health here. And so what we have at that link here, the, the gift there, it's like a, it's like the, like an introductory video, if you will, like here are the basics of your mitochondria. Here's how it can relate to some of the problems you're going through. Here's some things you can really apply in terms of principles of how you can address that there. So it, it's a free video there, just kind of if I was to make one video to help people have a really firm understanding of this topic so they can be able to propagate forward as mitochondria people. Very well, cool. not, not well, so much propagation, but be able to understand it and use it in their own life there. Well, thanks for doing that. Now, um, people how do they find you first of all you uh is your practice limited to tallahassee florida or the uh can you work with people i don't know remotely like this i mean yeah so you... we we do all remote work nowadays so you know whatever, however COVID you want to describe that and there's a lot of ways we could describe it but we won't but remote work became a great thing so we do all online here not only because it allows us to have more close contact with more people, but also when the solution is a natural lifestyle, it becomes a lot more powerful to be able to learn that and like have someone help you through that and apply it in your own life as opposed to like, okay, I gotta be, you, you know how it is. Like maybe you have an appointment every three months and it's like, okay, I'm gonna be healthy the week before. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. You need that continuous ongoing support in your own life here to build that muscle for yourself. So we do all online, all remote. Uh, but the, the confusion for me is, and, and uh, you can uh, educate me on this, is I would think that for a doctor, you really need to to be in the same room sometimes with the patient to really get a good, um, I don't know, gut feeling. I don't want to go gut feeling, but understanding really their condition. No, you don't need to ever be in the same room with them? 
yes and no. So yes, like there are going to be certain conditions where it's it's always going to be infinitely important to be able to lay physical eyes on someone here, okay, or be able to assess like joint range of motion, like things like that nature there. And for the most part, like if that's the case, like when we speak with people, we'll be like, oh hey, like you need to be able to have someone have a very close touch on this here of where it's like maybe someone is a type one diabetic or type two diabetic. They're in like they're it's just all over the place, you know. If you have, if you're, if you're going to like a, a coma here, it's not like send me an email, it's go to the ER <laughs> or like be able to have that very close thing. So yes, in that regard, outside of that, because, you know, medicine is very limited. It's effective in some cases, yes, but it's limited in terms of when these are chronic ongoing issues, you need to be able to have the chronic ongoing support. And that doesn't sound like very good for <laughs> have my yeah. chronic solution, um, but being able to just again have that assessment where we know like hey your sleep's like this xyz you know one we can't really see that in office two i'm not gonna like sit in your bedroom at night and be like okay how are you sleeping that's just kind of weird and also non-productive <laughs> so just being able to know that and track that because again it, it brings more of the power to the person in having their own health here because like with my car in my driveway there's a blinking light i am instantly powerless let me call <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing here which is I think acceptable in some terms when it's a vehicle that brings you from point A to point B, but that shouldn't be the case for the vehicle of which you like live your life in your own body here. So, you know, yes, we do sacrifice some things in that regard of where there may be more acute things or more things of that nature that may not be able to be, you know, closely monitored, have hands and eyes on or like the skeletal muscular things, but more of these lifestyle things that we can just have a conversation on, right? Like the CBD stuff and all of that. Like that allows you to go back into your own life, kind of build it for yourself, and then we can come together and continue to strengthen that for you. Wow. So, um, are, do you need like a obviously for for the uh, gift here? You don't need any kind of reference, but if somebody is going to see you, uh, you know, to about these whatever is ailing them, do they need any kind of uh, you know recommendation or referral from a uh, you know general practitioner or anything or are you a general practitioner or how does that work? <laughs> so I'm trained in family medicine and what we're doing is like lifestyle health here. So it's not like an insurance covered thing gotcha. in, in a way here. Gotcha. It's gotcha. more so being able to guide you in a natural, healthy lifestyle here. Yes. Okay. It's very helpful to like, know. Oh, your kidney hurts. Like, <laughs> cause you know, you'll see like health coaches online. And I'm like, what do they do when someone's like, I have diarrhea? And I'm like, <laughs> um, you know what? That kind of, that's that's what we're looking for. Less mitochondrial talk and more diarrhea talk. And it's the morning. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, because I'm just going to this is silly again. I know. But this is my dumb, dopey brain. When I hear mitochondrial, all I think is, is uh, tracing DNA back to to get um you know mitochondrial oh, yeah. dna that's that's what uh you know historical you know hereditary stuff or see if jesse james was really buried in jesse james grave that kind of <laughs> retrieved the mitochondrial dna that's all i know about it which kind of makes it like how does that really affect our health it's, so that's my point of confusion i think a lot of people you said it was it's the uh, power of the powerhouse of the cell or something like that i didn't I don't think most people think that. I think most people know about it from like the History Channel or A and E talking about mitochondrial DNA. That, <laughs> that's well, that, that's another big piece to it because 
your mitochondrial DNA, it's like your body's game book of how can I produce energy? Okay. Because if you came from, so if anyone knows where Lithuania is, God bless your soul. So that like, that's where my mitochondria are originally from. Yes. They, they take a little detour to New Jersey, but like my <laughs> mitochondria, they're optimized to produce energy in an environment that has very little sunlight, a whole lot of cold, um, and whatever the heck else is in Lithuania besides like cheese blintzes. Okay. Like that's what it's optimized for. Okay. Whereas like someone who maybe their, their mitochondria are from like Ethiopia and now they live in like Ontario, Canada. <laughs> okay. That's a big mismatch for what their mitochondria are looking for here. Right. So that 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 plays a, a big piece to it as well someone's wow. mitochondrial dna yeah and the world is full of uh you know different kind of people people who have migrated from where their roots were and 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 what their uh you know you see people there's people from finland uh i know in la uh talking about how the sun is different like the, it's a different sun it's a more intense sun it's an angrier sun that's the same sun you have in finland you just don't get as much of it <laughs> and you notice the, these things so there, there's a lot of that people who just you know i i, I definitely that idea of uh, your uh dna really dictating what you are used to what you you know what your body should be getting that, that resonates with me good stuff Anyway, uh, the link is in the description. I hope people will check it out. And then from there, I guess, uh, I don't know, is there some kind of follow-up with that, like consultation? Or, or I guess they have to see. They have to watch the video and get the pitch. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just walks them through there. And then for people who would want to reach out there, that's that contact information is available uh, through our website and also at the end of the presentation there. Uh, I appreciate you bringing this information here. I'm sorry I wasn't in better shape. I I anticipated being in better shape. It's just uh, um, last night threw me a curveball. Uh, but I appreciate you being here, and hopefully people have gotten some uh, some value here, and some people will uh, follow up on the on the uh, gift thing. So link is in the description. Thank you. Have a great day, and thanks for being with us. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having Bye me. Bye for now. Bye. Dr. Dylan Petkus, folks, uh, link is in the description. Uh, it's optimalcircadianhealth.com. Uh, Lori is going to uh, present us with her first um, episode, I guess, episode edition version. Let me take that banner out. Hold on one, one second. Uh, of a new thing she's contributing called Weird... Weirderful Wednesdays. I think that's what she's calling it. Yes, she, that's what she's calling it. Uh, here right now. Let me just add this right now. Let's go. Good morning. This is Lori S. Strikingly Hilarious with my first episode of Weirderful Wednesdays. I believe in reparations. And can I just say, I think that I should receive reparations because I lived in a chicken coop with my parents and siblings. My parents rented this chicken coop from friends. Friends don't rent friends chicken coops to live in. <laughs> my parents worked 
They were upstanding citizens. Well, as much as you can stand up in a chicken coop. <laughs> we weren't on public assistance. HUD does not stand for hens under duress. <laughs> the chickens that were living there before we moved in, they moved across the road. But the rooster who stayed and boarded with us, he was a real wake-up call. I was the oldest sibling, so the pecking order was good. Sadly, I later became the black chicken of the family. <laughs> it's not bad living in a chicken coop. If you like feathers, you can't get rid of them. They're like tinsel on a Christmas tree. I'm happy to report that I seem to have no long-lasting ill effects from living in a chicken coop. <laughs> With that, I'll leave this coop. Bye. <laughs> Chicken coop jokes. <laughs> Wait for Wednesdays. Laurie S. Uh, strikingly hilarious. Um, I got to tell you, uh, I had a friend. <laughs> I have a friend. He's still around. Hassan, <clears throat> who went chicken coop crazy uh, probably, I don't know, about 10 years ago. Uh, all of a sudden, he had to have chickens. He was going to raise chickens for <laughs> for eggs and stuff. And then he started getting all these different kind of chickens. He had every kind of chicken. He had hundreds of chickens in a pretty residential area. Not all that residential, but um, and we'll, it was kind of rural over there. But um, the big foghorn, leghorn chickens, the kind of chickens that could box a kangaroo. They, they were aggressive, gigantic birds, and every kind of... And we used to, you know, marvel at all the kind of chickens, but they were a little bit aggressive. And going into the studio, if you weren't careful, you could get molested <laughs> by chickens. Now, all I ever got out of it was a lot of cock jokes. Um... And it pretty much was the same cock joke over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> chicken stuff, though. Uh, remember, I was thinking about this last night. And, and I think the doc had some kind of chicken joke opening up in, in, in the beginning of that. Um, remember the thing called the Harlem Shuffle? Or was it the Harlem Shake? Ba back about 10, 12 years ago, I think. 30-second videos of people. I think there was a chicken involved. <laughs> and they would dance, and then the music would stop, and they would all stop or something. They would, you had to have a guy with a helmet on, or like a motorcycle helmet on. I think we did one. I'm certain we did one for Hair Designer TV. And I, I believe a chicken was in part of the presentation or part of the rules of participation um let me see if i can find that hold on a second uh i probably can't you know what i won't use this one uh bear with me for a second i know i'm i'm just typing away and that's really not great radio or or television or any of that kind of stuff but um hair designer tv i know that that we did a harlem Harlem Shake, Harlem with Hair Designer TV's channel. 
I don't see it, hair designer. Long Island hair tutorial. You know, there's more uh, hair designers uh, than I I ever thought on YouTube. Hair designer. Uh, Here you go. Hair designer TV. McKinder change the name of the channel of Bibby McKinder. Let's see here if I go uh, videos and put in Harlem and see if I find it. This is crazy. I'm just uh, wasting time here. I'm sorry about this. Hey, I didn't get enough sleep. That's my um, that's my excuse. Harlem Harlem shakes. Let's see. I can if I can share that. Yeah, I think I'm the guy with the motorcycle helmet, right? Let's see here. Um, Parent, share screen, select screen window. I apologize for this, folks. I just, uh, I know I stopped. Make websites, but that, now. Mute website notification, not, nope. Allow, allow. Yeah. I don't know. Can you hear it? But that's me. No, there's no chicken, I guess. Oh, yeah, there is a chicken. (laughs) All right. That's that. So there was a chicken. That was Hassan holding the chicken. (laughs) The Harlem Shake stuff. Uh, Anyway. That is, uh, that's all we got for you today. Tomorrow, Killer Killy will be here and a poet, a poet named, uh, the video sound was too low. Well, I'm sorry about that. I don't think it was, it's just some kind of, kind of the browser issues I'm having. I think if I did it on, on the other one, on the other browser, it probably would be better. Still having issues with that. We'll get the tech stuff figured out. Uh, tomorrow, Killer Keely will be with me, and Rachel Hardy, who is a poet, will be with me. And we're expecting another edition of Thank You for Your Service from uh, Robert Taylor today. Lori, uh, thanks to Lori for contributing her first piece. Uh, support Lori. I'll put her links in the description, um, and you can follow her. Please do support her, encourage her. Uh, that's what we're all about here. I'm still waiting to hear back from the other people who said they were going to be contributing. I'm not going to put their names out there. I'm going to give them some time uh, to see if we get caught up here. But so that's uh, that's it, man. That's the show for today. I know um, it wasn't a, a bundle of laughs. It was health related stuff. I don't know. I don't remember how we got booked with a bunch of serious stuff today. Dylan Brody will be. Um, rescheduling probably next week or the week after i know next week is a short week with memorial day um so that's it man have a great rest of your day turn on your radio i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna go get some more sleep that's what i'm gonna do i'm not lying to you see you later
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.